Hey, welcome to episode number one of the Outpitch Podcast, your new home for the human side of baseball and social issues. My name is Justin Havelock, and I'm joined as always by my wonderful co-host, Crystal O'Keefe. Crystal, how's your week been? Hey, baseball's back. So it's been really great. <laughs> At least today has been just absolutely wonderful. How about you? Oh, I've been I've been great. It's so great to have baseball back. Um, I, I'm loving all the reactions on Twitter and uh, everyone just kind of waking up like a kid on Christmas today. Um, it's it's great to have baseball back. Yeah. So we should we should get into that baseball stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get right into it. So uh, first off, we're going to introduce the podcast. The Outpitch Podcast is all about the human side of baseball and often the sports world in general as well. Each week, we're going to be bringing you some of our thoughts about what's happening on the field, plus a deep dive into some of the social issues that are affecting fans, athletes, and of course, the game itself. Uh, Crystal and I have a very fun starting rotation of recurring co-hosts and special guests already lined up that you're going to get to know over the next coming weeks. Our aim is to make the voices that you hear each week just as diverse as the issues that we're tackling. So if you have any ideas or you want to be involved, please feel welcome to reach out. We'd love to hear what you have to say and what would you'd like to bring to the table. Yeah, obviously you can find us on Twitter and inside the PL Plus Discord server. If you are a member, please, please come say hi to us. We will plug our socials at the end so that you can jot them down. Um, but yeah, so let's introduce ourselves. Justin, who are you? So for those of you that don't know me yet, my name is Justin Havelock. I'm an editor at Pitcher List, a staff writer and podcast editor at QB List, and a moderator in our PL Plus Discord server. I'm also the creator of The Outpitch over on Substack, where I write about both fantasy sports and social issues, and sometimes both. In my spare time, I'm an amateur stand-up comedian, professional goofball, I make my own hot, homemade hot sauces, and I'm a colossus, sorry, colossal Marvel nerd. <laughs> Beautiful. So I am Crystal O'Keefe. I am a contributor also at Pitcher to List. I do the weekly column every Friday for the MLB news and moments that you clearly don't want to miss. Uh, I am a managing editor and staff writer and podcaster for both Willits Pin and Southside Sox. That one, they're what they are Mets and White Sox in general. Those are my two teams. And then I have two other podco podcasts. Woo! Two other podcasts that I host. One is called Soxy Chicks. That is a monthly baseball recap with my Red Sox friend Bailey. And a new one called Visiting Dugout, where I talk about the upcoming series of who is facing the White Sox every time. Um, I don't have a whole lot of free time, but I do love to bake gluten-free breads. I love to play with my new puppy, and I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. And I'm also a mom to two wonderful human children. Awesome. Yeah, definitely make sure to uh, check out Crystal's content and uh, check out some of those podcasts. It's definitely worth a listen. So just to start off with something fun at the top here, we want to talk about uh, some of the best fantasy team names we've seen this season. I know, Crystal, you had some great ideas you were talking about before the show. Yes, my favorite has been Cease and Desist. And honestly, that is exactly what Dylan Cease has been doing this entire game. And then 
only the good Cy Young because I am a big Billy Joel fan. So I just thought that was incredible. It just fit perfectly. Those are great. Uh, I still need to name a lot of my fantasy teams right now, but one of my personal favorites that I've got lined up is uh, the Montreal Expos in my Dynasty League, E-X-P-O-S-E. As as a Canadian and a, a big Blue Jays fan, I know I've been itching for the Montreal Expos to come back up north, and I will do everything I can to keep uh, nudging the MLB in that direction. Yes, please bring them back. We were just talking about that before the show, how much we want them to come back and how we need the Quebec Nordiques to come back, just fulfill all of our Canadian wants and needs. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need that uh, Jays Expos rivalry back. Yeah, that'd be so much fun. But today is opening day. So we've got a lot of things. We are going to do a deep dive on Anderson Comas um, and then just kind of all of the shenanigans that go with the best day of the year, opening day in baseball. Do you have any kind of opening day highlights, thoughts, something crazy that happened today? Yeah, so I'm watching a lot of baseball today. I watched a little bit of the uh, Yankees-Giants earlier as I was getting ready for the podcast. I saw Aaron Judge's home run, reminded me of an old Oscar Wilde quote, to expect the unexpected shows a thoroughly modern intellect. Well, Oscar Wilde clearly never played fantasy baseball because <laughs> first home run of the 2023 this year was Aaron Judge, and the first stolen base was Ronald Acuna Jr. So expect the expected. That was a, an amazing game. We saw Anthony Volpe make his debut. Um, I saw him take a walk in his first at bat, and then I missed the rest of that. But it looked like an incredible game. I saw the Yankees wound up winning 5 nothing, and Garrett Cole had a huge day for himself. So as a Jays fan, I think it's great to see because I love to have, have that rivalry. It would be a lot less fun if the Yankees just kind of rolled over and let us take the division title. It'll be that much more rewarding when we win it. Yes, I would I would pick the Jays over the Yankees any day anyway. Um, I will say I did catch a little bit of the O's series and Will Ad- Adley Rutschman, amazing. I can't say enough about how much I love this kid anyway, but he became the first catcher in Major League history with five hits in the opener. So awesome. Love him. I'm secretly also an O's fan, really a bandwagon O's fan, but I still love them. Also, they have a great ballpark. Um, But also, I don't know if you saw this, the patches, there were patches on uniforms of all the rookies that said MLB debut, which I just thought was really fun because, yeah, there are a lot of really young players that that made the roster today. Yeah, I I saw that and I love it. It, It's... It's so um, in line, I think, with baseball, and it just instantly kind of reminded me of some of those rookie baseball cards that you get that I don't know if people can see behind. I've got my baseball cards all lined up on my shelf, and it, it just instantly reminded me of pulling one of those rookie cards with a little RC in the corner. I, I think it's great. Yeah. Great way for baseball to work on uh, branding itself a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It's just so fun to to watch these guys. I know the White Sox start it well they just put oscar Colas in just a few minutes ago actually because I, I have that on mute in the background absolutely and i mean speaking of the marketing I, I think it was really interesting to see today at the jays game i saw adam wainwright 
was singing the national anthem, which I don't know if I've ever seen an active player do that before. I thought it was really cool. I was watching the game with my mom and we were both saying we think he could be the next athlete to go on the mass singer. <laughs> yeah, that that was really fun. I did watch that video earlier. I love it. I know um, one of the pirates, old pirates players, he would do the national anthem every once in a while. His name is completely escaping me. His nickname is Squid, though. Oh, man, I'd have to look it up. But um, yeah, he would come out. He's got a beautiful voice, too. And he would do the national anthem and right ahead of the Pirates games. Yeah, it's it's awesome to see baseball doing that. And the Jays game, that was an incredible game. Like you could not have asked for a better script for the opening day of baseball. The Jays absolutely went off in the first inning and almost turned the lineup. Um, Manoa got rocked by the Cardinals on the other side, but it just made for a really fun back and forth game, which I think is just perfect for opening day to just have that kind of ninth, ninth inning nail biter. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, that's that's the fun thing about this time of year is, you know, we're not at the halfway point where we've kind of got our thoughts about who's good and who's not. Like, we have no idea what's going to be happening in baseball right now. And seeing these two really dominant, well-rounded baseball teams facing off like that was just, to me, what baseball is all about. And it's, like you said, it's great to have baseball back. Yes. So Stephen Brault was the player from the Pirates okay. that will do the national anthem. He's great. Like, go check it out on YouTube or something. We'll have to maybe find it and link it in the show notes because he does a great job too. Yeah, I, I actually remember Stephen Brault. That's funny. And I think it leads up perfectly into our next segment because Stephen Brault was always quite the underdog uh, in the MLB. And uh, we wanted to talk about our underdogs of the week. Um, each week we were on a shout out, a player that's not really getting a lot of attention or maybe not getting the attention that we think that they deserve. So I know for me, speaking of the Jays, uh, Nathan Lucas, he was a player who was just on the fringe, only kind of just barely made the roster. Uh, a lot of people weren't really sure what to make of him. He came in as a pitch runner in the top of the seventh today and scored a game tying run. And he seemed really disappointed. They had him in the on deck circle and then they kind of backed him off and brought in Kevin Biggio to pinch hit later. But he seems like he's just itching to get his start in the MLB. And I think there's an opportunity there with the Jays outfield. You know, they've got a great, great defensive outfield with Varsho, Kiermaier, and Springer. But then beyond that, you've got Kevin Biggio and Whit Merrifield, both of whom will also be sharing second base with Santiago Espinal. So I think there's definitely some opportunity there. I know all offseason people were wondering, you know, why haven't the Jays signed a fourth outfielder? Robbie Grossman, I know, was a very popular name tied to the Jays. All offseason, I was kind of thinking, maybe the Jays have an ace in the hole here. There's got to be someone in the system that is keeping them from adding this depth. And so maybe maybe Nathan Lucas is that guy. I mean, he's also a left-handed hitter, which the Jays really need in the lineup. So just an interesting name to kind of keep your eye on in Toronto. Yeah, of course. So I picked... I think personally, at least in this this opening series, he's the underdog. Andrew Vaughn, we know he's really good. We know he can hit the ball way out there into the stands. But he is starting first base this year, um, taking what was Jose Abreu's spot for so many years. Um, 
still a little sad about that. But yeah, he's he's starting first base against the Astros and Jose Abreu. Like that is his first first game in uh, the season where he's starting. So it's just going to be really interesting to watch him this whole season and kind of see how he does because he is a first baseman. That was what, you know, he was trained on. That's that's what he was supposed to do. And they kept throwing him into the outfield because they already had a star first baseman with Jose Abreu. So I think it's going to be interesting to just watch how he transforms in that position and how comfortable he feels. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game is just going to be kind of wild since they're facing each other. It'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, so... He might not be a total underdog, but he's he's mine, at least for today. Yeah, I think especially, like you said, facing off against uh, Jose Abreu, that's, uh, that's a tough role to fill, and it's even tougher when you're playing against him. <laughs> it's it's jarring still to see him on first base while the Astros are on defense. It's just it's so weird to see them standing together with Jose in a different uniform. Just wild to me. Yeah, speaking of uh, the Chicago White Sox, we're going to introduce our deep dive of the day. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Anderson Comas, a prospect in the Chicago White Sox farm system. He's 23 years old. He's born in San Cristobal, Dominican Republic, and actually just converted last season from an outfielder to a reliever. He had a really strong debut as an outfielder in the Dominican Summer League, uh, posted a 291 average as a 17-year-old before following it up with a 306 in his age 18 season and actually became an all-star at age 18 in rookie ball. He struggled to the tune of a 222 average in 2019 and then, of course, missed 2020 due to the pandemic. But in 2021, over his first eight games, he hit 345 with four homers over his first eight games, which I, I know he's a reliever now, but I, I just think that's really exciting and really, he's a very dynamic player to watch. So unfortunately, when he reached uh, low A later that summer, uh, he was hitting below the Mendoza line. So uh, the Chicago White Sox decided to transition him into the bullpen in 2022. And then over his 11 games last year, he recorded a 635 ERA and a 203 whip, playing back in rookie ball again. Definitely was, as you can tell by the numbers, struggling with his command. Uh, but I think it's interesting to know that he was he showed a bit of strikeout upside with 13 strikeouts in his first 11.1 innings pitched. Yeah, that's incredibly impressive. So obvious question that some of you may have is, why are we talking about this player? Who is this guy and why is this relevant? What was interesting to me with Anderson Comas is that he just came out of the closet several weeks ago, becomes one of only two active minor leaguers to come out in the sport, and is, uh, like I mentioned earlier, a very dynamic player, a very fun, lighthearted person. If you go through his Twitter or his Instagram, he's just the kind of person who is smiling in every photo and just seems to be loving life. So we wanted to talk a bit about him, both as a player and as a person. So unfortunately, I searched high and low and all over the strike zone, but couldn't find anything about Anderson Comas' pitch mix anywhere. So we were hoping maybe you, the listeners, could help us find it. If you know the answer or where we can find his pitch mix, please feel free to reach out and send us a tweet. He's, like I said, he's a very interesting player that I would really love to know more about. 
it really struck a chord with me at one point as I was researching this, that I love how much support that he's got as a player who has come out of the closet. But most of the conversation around him seemed to be focused on his sexuality and not looking into what he can bring to the table for the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I didn't know too much about him. I had heard the name, obviously, because typically our our prospects aren't great on the farm. We don't have a ton down there. But after I saw that Instagram post and obviously the White Sox shared a lot about him and his story. And it was really refreshing. It's, I mean, it's really refreshing to even see teams talk about these things openly. But I saw his Instagram. I saw Born This Way, you know, the the gay anthem, really. Because <laughs> um, we're all little monsters in that club. Um, but yeah, after seeing that, I was just like, I love this guy. I need to follow this guy. He's he is like a light. You mentioned it, you know, he's always smiling. He's just this wonderful, refreshing light on the mound and anywhere else. And man, he's going to be fun to watch. Like he's going to be my new kind of prospect to watch. And I hope he makes it up because we need that representation all over the place, let alone baseball. You know, it's not a very common thing. And well, I mean, maybe it is. Maybe everyone is just kind of closeted, but you don't get to see this every day. So for him to come out and talk about how he's queer and he's really proud of it, but he's also a professional, it's just, it's it's so good to actually see it. And I'm so grateful for players that do come out and say these things and for their teammates and everyone else to really accept it. Obviously, we kind of ignore the rude comments that are bound to happen, but it's just, I feel represented. I'm sure you feel represented when you see these things and man, I love it. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I I mean, you mentioned his Instagram post and that was one of the things that really, really struck a chord with me as well. I know we were talking a bit before we started recording about how just impressive I, I find it that so many of these young players across the sports world that are coming out of the closet now seem to be so insightful and well put together. Uh, like I, I myself came out of the closet at 12 years old. And I know for me to see what some of these 19, 21, 23 year old players are saying in interviews or writing about on social media, just absolutely floors me. I don't know how they're so composed and so thoughtful with the way they present themselves. So I just wanted to quickly take the time to read his post. I I think he did a really excellent job expressing himself here. So he said, uh, this may be the most personal thing I ever share, and it's that I'm proudly and happily part of the LGBTQ plus community. I'm also a human with a great soul. I'm respectful. I'm a lover. I love my family and friends, and that's what really matters. I enjoy my work a lot. Being a professional baseball player is the best thing that happened to me. So I just want to say something to those people that say that gay people cannot be someone in this life. Well, look at me. I'm gay and I'm a professional athlete. So that didn't stop me to make my dreams come true. I'm doing this because I want to be inspiration for those like me out there fighting for their dreams. Please don't listen to those stupid things that people say about us. Fight for your dreams, believe in yourself, and go for it. Awesome stuff. I <laughs> yeah, I I was not that insightful 
even at his age, I was not that insightful when I came out. <laughs> I still don't think I am. <laughs> but gosh, yeah, that's that's one of those things that'll bring a tear to your eye for sure. It's just, man, it's so cool. And you posted an Instagram comment on here. Uh, someone said, I'm queer and I work off the field for triple for a triple A team. So awesome to see more LGBTQ plus representation in this game. We love so much. Best of luck this year, dude. So it's wonderful to see more queer people in the comments, but also allies and supporters. Um, you mentioned Vinny P, aka the Italian Breakfast, Mark Cano, who is amazing anyway, and Tijan Walker, also incredible. So to see these like big, well-known people and players and people just in this field going and really supporting him is really special because, you know, it used to not be like that. I think when when we were kids and we were coming out, it it wasn't always as supportive for everybody. And it still isn't all the time, but it's really special when you do see people that are great allies. Yeah, I think that allyship is... It's like you said, it's it's so important and it's so meaningful. Um, I know we talk a lot about what it means for the next generation, but um, yeah, that, that Instagram comment I found as I was reaching, researching the podcast and it just really struck a chord with me that, you know, this isn't just something that's affecting the next generation. There are people out there who have had to keep these secrets their whole life and who have been struggling and feeling like they maybe can't be themselves. And I think it's just so great to see the impact that something like this can have on everyone. Uh, I mean, they're talking about working with a triple A team. I know a lot of times when we talk about coming out stories with players, we talk about uh, the players or maybe the coaches or the front offices. And there's some really interesting points to be had there, but Baseball, I think maybe as many of us were reminded today with opening day, is so much more than just that. You've got, you know, the grounds crews that bring out the tarp when it rains. You've got the concession workers. You've got the photographers that create all these amazing moments uh, that we follow for years afterwards and constantly go back to. So uh, I think it just really, really felt like a great reminder of just how broad of a reach a moment like this has. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that was uh, very interesting to me too is to see some of the progress that has been made in recent years. Over the last couple of years, we've seen um, Solomon Bates coming out of the closet last year within the San Francisco Giants farm system. And his is actually one of the more incredible coming out stories that I've ever heard. It was on the day that he was released from the San Francisco Giants. And for reasons unrelated, I want to emphasize to his sexuality, because I know there were some people that were instantly concerned that he was being cut from the team because he had chosen to come out. But he very publicly clarified and said that, no, he he'd told the team, I think about 18 months, if I'm not mistaken, before then. And this was just a, a team decision. It really struck me that that can be a very emotional moment for a player when they're released from a team. You've got mm -hmm. friends with an organization and they really become like a second family. It's it's also your career. You don't know where you're going to wind up going next. 
when you're traded, sometimes it means leaving behind some good friends and teammates, but at least you know where you're going next and you can start to move forward and look forward to your future with your new team. But when you're released, you don't have that kind of job security. So it, it really blew me away when I heard that Solomon Bates had come out uh, in the wake of that release. You're taking what could be the single two most emotional moments in an athlete's career. You know, the day that they're released from a team and, you know, a day that somebody comes out of the closet and pushing them together into one, uh, that really, really blew me away as to the kind of strength and, and courage that someone like him has. Yeah, that takes a lot because, again, not everybody's going to be open-minded about these kind of things. And you made a good point. You know, he mentioned that it had been 18 months or so that he came out to everybody in that team because a lot of people just automatically jump to conclusions and assume the worst. And that wasn't the case with him at all. So I'm, I'm hoping he gets more acceptance kind of moving forward and what he does next because it does it takes a lot of guts to come out, you know, people like you and I, maybe it's not as crazy, but when you're a professional athlete playing major league baseball, you're open to a ton of criticism, but also a ton of support, thankfully. Absolutely. I think it's, it's really kind of heartwarming to see just how much the conversation around these uh, players that have come out has shifted. Um, I, I know, like you mentioned before, it's something that's very different from when you and I were kids. I was watching some commercials recently and a Blue Jays commercial came across where they had uh, some clips, I guess you'd call them, from Pride Night of some of the drag queens walking around and people stopping to pose for photos with them and everyone just having a great time and, and really embracing this. And it really, really got me emotional just watching this commercial because this this wasn't even a Pride Night commercial. This was just one of those hype videos for the Blue Jays and for the season to start and to see such a deliberate effort to make sure that, you know, this, this team is something that represents everybody is inclusive towards everybody just really made me feel like we've made so much progress because that's not something I would have ever seen growing up. And I just think it's, it's really quite incredible how far we've come over the last uh, 10 years or so. Yeah. I mean, we have, I know White Sox really go out for Pride Night. The last time I went, it was just last season. You know, their giveaway that night were really cool Pride shirts that like a local artist put together. And they've had drag queens throwing out the first pitch and walking the concourse. And um, Liam Hendricks is one person that really goes all out. Like he was not, he mentioned he was not going to sign with a team that didn't have a Pride Night. He is incredibly supportive of the community at large. He does a lot of things for at least Chicago and, and that community for LGBTQ plus just everything like the kids. He donates a ton of money to like the Damien Center and that's a really good resource, especially for you know the kids that get kicked out of their houses because they came out to their parents um, and they do you know a lot of testing for, you know, STDs, STIs. So he's done so much for the community. He even had these really cool flags. I think I've got one, actually. Yeah, I still do. The South Slida Society, he, they were giving out these little flags that Liam Hendricks insisted on for Pride Night. Oh, that's so cool. Um, 
and I mean, he's included all of it. So. I've actually got my Jays pride hat right here as well. Yes, I've got, I have a ton of White Sox pride gear. That's actually my favorite hat is my Sox rainbow hat. Um, like there, there's so many good people in the world, like the Liam Hendricks of the world that are so supportive of it. And we need that now more than ever, especially now that we have this news of people trying to ban drag queens reading at libraries. I mean, that's just ridiculous, but it, it's good to see a sport be more open-minded and do these really important events and really represent all the different communities. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. It, it's, it's something that's really difficult at times to describe, um, unless you're someone that's kind of been through it, just how meaningful that kind of representation can be uh, and the impact that that can have on someone. I mean, as I mentioned before, I came out at 12 years old. It's almost 20 years ago now. Makes me feel quite old. But, um, you know, even even all these years later, I, I still find myself hearing some of these stories about Anderson Comas or Solomon Bates and really just feeling the impact even now uh, as an adult and looking at some of these people that are younger than me and feeling inspired. I think it's something that's really incredible about the queer community is that way that we can call, that we can all kind of inspire each other and push each other forward together with so many people, with so many incredible stories, many of which we hope to bring to you on this podcast. I know one of the interesting names that I had here in my notes was uh, Brian Ruby who was a minor leaguer who came out of the closet several years ago during the pandemic and wound up, you know, much like Solomon Bates, it wasn't related to his sexuality, but um, he just sort of fell out of the eye of the sports world. But I actually found out uh, a couple months ago that uh, not only does he have uh, a nonprofit that he's working with to help to help some young players who are struggling with some of these issues and help them find themselves and come out of the closet um, but he's also a country singer now. He's recorded a, co- a couple country albums and myself as a big country fan, I've listened to them and I quite enjoy his music. So, I mean, if you're here on Spotify or Apple Music, you know, listening to this podcast already, maybe go check out his music because I think it was really just a, a great reminder of how, how much more there is to so many of these stories than just somebody's sexuality. That's why I wanted to start with kind of who Solomon Bates, uh, who Anderson Comas, sorry, was before getting into his sexuality, because he's so much more than just that openly gay baseball player. Seeing Brian Ruby recording these country albums really just felt like a, a great reminder that representation is so important, but we also shouldn't let that representation overpower who a person is and that, you know, we all bring so much more to the table than just this one aspect of ourselves. Yeah, well said. So I just wanted to take a moment to quickly plug uh, Anderson Comas and his socials. Like we said, the Instagram post that he made was really years ahead of his time. So he's definitely worth a follow and he's just very happy, fun, always smiling. So you can find him on Instagram, Anderson Comas 10 and on Twitter at Comas underscore Anderson. And we'll make sure to include the links in the description wherever you're listening to this podcast definitely go check him out and drop him a follow. I know that for him as somebody who's newly out of the closet, he could probably uh, use the support and it would be appreciated. And like I said, he's just always smiling, always happy. I mean, who doesn't want somebody like that in their in the newsfeed or their timeline right now? 
right? He's just a ray of light. We all need a ray of sunshine on these days. Speaking of like ray of sunshine and happy, warm fuzzies, we gotta we gotta shout out your mom first. Yes, uh, definitely a shout out to my mom for um, suggesting our next segment here. Uh, we're gonna do a little bit of warm fuzzies here every week. For people that aren't familiar, it's something I know I used to do myself for years at summer camp. Just taking a moment to recognize some of the amazing work that people are doing. Give a quick little shout out for some of the good deeds that are out there in the community, in the sports world. Sometimes there's so much negative conversation about what athletes are doing, and a lot of times rightfully so, unfortunately. But it shouldn't overwhelm some of the good things that are being done out there because, you know, chances are for every one bad egg out there, there are probably 10 more athletes out there working with charities or some really amazing causes. Um, So we just wanted to take the time to recognize them. So I wanted to mention for mine, Connor McDavid. The NHL has had a lot of controversy, unfortunately, over the last month or so about some of their pride nights and players not wanting to be a part of them or teams maybe changing some of their plans as to how it's going to be celebrated and trying to minimize it to minimize some of the controversy around it. But Connor McDavid is probably the single biggest star in the NHL, at least right now, and may go down to be one of the biggest in the history of the NHL when we're done with it. So I was really, really quite moved this week to hear that he was speaking very loudly as an advocate um, in some interviews uh, in defense of the Pride Nights, because it's something that you and I were talking before we recorded, that he's, he's somebody that's going to influence not only so many other players who are looking around the league and maybe looking to see which way the winds are blowing, but so many kids at home who are just a big fan of him as a hockey player and hopefully will be inspired to think that they can also be an ally. You know, seeing one of their favorite players care so much may prompt them to ask some questions and to try to understand a little better why this is so important to so many people. Yeah. My my son, he's he's almost 13 and he loves Connor McDavid. And he's also very well-versed in what Pride Night is and what this community is all about. You know, having a queer mom, he he learns early what that means. So for Connor McDavid to really go out and support that and bring some positivity back into this conversation, that's that's something that I hope my son sees and hears and knows. I mean, he already knows that it's perfectly acceptable to be in this community. He has no ill will or hate because I wouldn't be raising him right if he did. But, you know, it's one of those things where that is something that I I would want my children to hear and grow up with and accept and just be better people like he is being right now. It's just really special. Yeah, I think so many people know how special of a player he is on the ice. And I think this is just a great reflection of the person that he is off the ice as well. It's something that we definitely need more of in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So who do you have for your warm fuzzy? So yeah, my my favorite story to come out of this week was Sergio Romo's hat. A lot of people probably saw it throughout social media, but during spring training, every single time a kid asked him for an autograph, he asked in return that that kid signed his hat. And so he, at the end of spring training, wore it out on the mound for the last game he pitched. And I just think that's so special. The picture is just so cute. He had 
hundreds of autographs on there from kids. And that was just, that was so much fun. I love players that include, you know, the next generation of MLB players, MLB fans. Um, but then I, I kind of have a bonus one. And this is, you know, again, my my White Sox bias. But we found out that Liam Hendricks today was not placed on the 60-day injured list because his treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is progressing really well. And that is such a big relief for me because, man, I love him and I miss him already. So to know that that's good and good things are coming to such a wonderful, bright human just keeps me warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Sergio Romo's story I saw this week as well, and I it completely lit me up. I love love to see him acknowledging those fans and how important they are and inspiring that next generation. And then Liam Hendricks, uh, former Blue Jays, so definitely has a, a soft spot in both our hearts. And I think hopefully everyone is rooting for Liam Hendricks right now because that's a very tough diagnosis. And I know we'd all love to see him back on the field as soon as possible. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone listening has come close to cancer in some way. You know, whether a family, a friend, anybody, or even yourself have had it, it's it's tough to process that in general. So to know that he is really progressing with this treatment of it is just a blessing on its own. And, you know, that's always my hope for everyone that's diagnosed with any form of cancer is that they can beat it and respond well to treatment. So he's a strong guy. I didn't have any doubts, but, you know, there's always a fear of the worst when you are met with those diagnoses. Yeah. And I mean, thankfully, we've got a bit of a precedent too in recent years that, you know, there are quite a few players actually in baseball right now who have come back from cancer diagnoses. Uh, Anthony Rizzo and Carlos Carrasco immediately come to mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know there's Trey Mancini. Yeah, Trey Mancini. I'm sure there's probably even others. So hopefully he can be back out on the field soon. Mm -hmm. That is my biggest hope. But yeah, so with all that great news, we have to go celebrate the rest of this wonderful holiday because baseball is back and we are here and just ready to talk about all the things that we love or maybe hate about the greatest sport on earth. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know I'm so excited to have baseball back now. So we hope you enjoyed listening to our deep dive on Anderson Comas. Please be sure to follow us. You can follow myself on Twitter at Havelock Justin and Crystal at Crystal underscore OK. Don't forget to click follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And to follow PitcherList because uh, Crystal and I both have uh, some content coming out through there. So you can follow PitcherList at PitcherList on both Twitter and Instagram. And then as I mentioned before, don't forget to follow Anderson Comas himself as well. He's a great guy at Comas underscore Anderson on Twitter and Anderson Comas 10 on Instagram. So thank you for listening to the Outpitch podcast and we'll catch you next week.